O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, December 15. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion by Yeki, and it means, And He Lived. Genesis 49, 1-18 Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength, the child of my vigorous youth. You are first in rank and first in power, but you are as unruly as a flood, and you will be first no longer. For you went to bed with my wife, you defiled my marriage bed. Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be a party to their plans. For in their anger they murdered men, and they crippled oxen just for sport curse on their anger, for it is fierce. 
a curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. Zebulun will settle by the seashore, and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon. Issachar is a sturdy donkey, resting between two saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the road, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse's hooves, so its rider is thrown off. I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. Micah 1, 1 to 4, 13. The Lord gave this message to Micah of Moresheth during the years when Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. The visions he saw concerned both Samaria and Jerusalem. Attention! Let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The Sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from His holy temple. Look! The Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel, yes, the sins of the whole nation. Who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Samaria, its capital city. Where is the center of idolatry in Judah? In Jerusalem, its capital. So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up for planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valleys below, exposing her foundations. All her carved images will be smashed. All her sacred treasures will be burned. These things were bought with the money earned by her prostitution, and they will now be carried away to pay prostitutes elsewhere. Therefore I will mourn and lament. I will walk around barefoot and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl, for my people's wound is too deep to heal. It has reached into Judah and even to the gates of Jerusalem. 
Don't tell our enemies in Gath. Don't weep at all, you people in Beth Lepra. Roll in the dust to show your despair. You people in Shafir, go as captives into exile, naked and ashamed. The people of Zanan dare not come outside their walls. The people of Beth Ezel mourn, for their house has no support. The people of Meroth anxiously wait for relief. But only bitterness awaits them as the Lord's judgment reaches even to the gates of Jerusalem. Harness your chariot horses and flee, you people of Lachish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in her rebellion, and you led Jerusalem into sin. Send farewell gifts to Morasheth Gath. There is no hope of saving it. The town of Akzeb has deceived the kings of Israel. O people of Merishah, I will bring a conqueror to capture your town, and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. O people of Judah, shave your heads in sorrow, for the children you love will be snatched away. Make yourselves as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. What sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans? You rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out, simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. You cheat a man of his property, stealing his family's inheritance. But this is what the Lord says. I will reward your evil with evil. You won't be able to pull your neck out of the noose. You will no longer walk around proudly, for it will be a terrible time. In that day your enemies will make fun of you by singing this song of despair about you. We are finished, completely ruined. God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. He has given our fields to those who betrayed us. Others will set your boundaries then, and the Lord's people will have no say in how the land is divided. Don't say such things, the people respond. Don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. Should you talk that way, O family of Israel? Will the Lord's Spirit have patience with such behavior? If you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting. Yet, to this very hour, my people rise against me like an enemy. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trusted you, making them as ragged men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant homes and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone. This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and completely ruined it. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. Someday, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather the remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. I said, Listen, you leaders of Israel, 
You are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh from their bones. Yes, you eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin, and break their bones. You chop them up like meat for the cooking pot. Then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to answer? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. This is what the Lord says. You false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food, but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions. The sun will set for you, prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then you seers will be put to shame, and you fortune-tellers will be disgraced, and you will cover your faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war any more. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees. For there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot, has made his promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, and those who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant. Those who were exiles will become a strong nation. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? 
Have your wise people all died? Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Writhe and groan like a woman in labor, you people of Jerusalem. For now you must leave this city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent to exile in distant Babylon. But the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now many nations have gathered against you. Let her be desecrated, they say. Let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plan. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord, for I will give you iron horns and bronze hooves so you can trample many nations to pieces. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Revelation 6, 1-17 As I, John, watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come! Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the Lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and the wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Yeshua who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, 
the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and every free person all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Psalm 134, 1-3 O praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord! You who serve at night in the house of the Lord, lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord, who made heaven and earth, bless you from Jerusalem. Proverbs 30, 1-4 The sayings of Agur, son of Jacob, contain this message. I am weary, O God. I am weary and worn out, O God. I am too stupid to be human, and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down? Who holds the wind in his fists? Who wraps up the oceans in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name and his son's name? Tell me if you know. I'd like to speak to you from the book of Micah, chapters 1 through 4, and then we're going to touch into Revelation chapter 6. And in the opening chapter of Micah, we get a sense of the context, a framing of who is he talking to you to, and what is his main subject. Verse 5, and why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel, yes, the sins of the whole nation. So that includes all 12 tribes, that includes northern and southern kingdom, so it includes Judah the Jewish people, and it includes the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. It's talking to us, as well as to our brethren, the Jews. And what is this book all about? It's talking about the end of days. Verse 2, Attention, let all the people of the world listen, let the earth and everything in it hear. The Sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire. So, what is the occasion of the Lord leaving his heavenly abode and coming down to the earth? Well, that would be the second coming of Yeshua HaMashiach. Okay, so continuing on in chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Make yourselves as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. So, this is talking about the exile and about uh, God's people being scattered to all the nations of the earth. And this is a recurring theme throughout the Bible. We see this concept of exile and then ingathering uh, repeated over and over and over like a repeating pattern. We have Adam and Eve that were exiled from the Garden of Eden. 
but in the very, very end, we'll be back in that garden. In Revelation, it talks about the tree of life beside the river of life. We see... Um, The split of the northern and the southern kingdom, and the northern kingdom goes into exile to Assyria, where they never returned. And the southern kingdom goes into exile to Babylon, and they are in exile for 70 years. And then after 70 years, a remnant returns. And then we see this happening again in 70 AD when the Romans invade and destroy the temple, and the Jews are exiled. They are told to leave Jerusalem and never return on pain of death. So this picture of exile and then return repeats throughout the Bible. Continuing on in chapter 2, verse 10, Up, be gone, this is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. So there's our picture of exile. However, we have a ray of hope. We also have the principle of the ingathering, of the return. Verse 12, Someday, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather the remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. So this is a promise of this future ingathering or this future exodus to come, this greater exodus to come. Okay, so then continuing on in chapter 4. Let's look at verse 6. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame and those who have been exiles and those whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant and those who were exiles will become a strong nation. Again, this is another promise of the future in gathering, the future greater exodus to come. And then in verse 9, we have a hint, a time reference. When is this going to happen? Verse, uh, I'll read verse 9 and 10. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? Have your wise people all died? Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Writhe and groan like a woman in labor, you people of Jerusalem. For now you must leave this city to live in the open country. Um, this is a remez hint pointing us to the time known as Jacob's Trouble, or the Great Tribulation Period, which is 1260 days, 42 months, or three and a half years. There are other verses found in other places in Jeremiah that talk about the time known as Jacob's Trouble. So this is happening during the Great Tribulation period. And they're being told that they must leave the city to go live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to distant 
Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now, I believe that is um, got a double meaning to it. So historically, that did happen. The Jews who were living in Jerusalem were attacked by Babylon, by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they went into exile and they lived in the country, the nation of Babylon, for 70 years. So that has been fulfilled. But I believe this is going to be fulfilled again in a much greater way. So Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 talk about this end of days daughter of Babylon nation who is very proud. She's the hammer of the world. She is surrounded by many waters, but she's going to fall. And there will be a a coalition of nations from the north that will attack her and will brutally take her down militarily. So you could say that that this verse that I just read, you will soon be sent in exile to distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you there. It applies to right now, to today. Uh, I believe the United States of America is a very good candidate for being uh, the end of days daughter of Babylon nation. And if in fact that is the case, we are now living in the land of our enemies. This nation, this republic has fallen, and we're no longer a republic. But we had an election that was stolen, and basically now the Democratic Party has become the Communist Party. And we have communist policies and practices and principles uh, being implemented uh, from the top down and from the bottom up uh, throughout this nation. And freedom has fallen in the streets, and justice is no longer executed and administered from the courts of the land. So we are living in a Babylon nation, and God is promising you're living in exile in Babylon, but the Lord is going to rescue you there. And in fact, this Babylon entity, you could say it is a global entity. It is the beast system, and the beast system is like a ginormous, huge squid with tentacles reaching in every area of life. This Babylon entity is certainly, the tyranny of it and the oppression and the cruelty of it is certainly being expressed in places like uh, Australia. And now even Germany is beginning to implement tyrannical edicts and decrees against the unvaccinated. It's medical fascism being implemented throughout the world. It's all about power coercion, and control of the people. So God is promising that he's going to rescue his people out of the Babylon entity, the Babylon system, in the end of days. And so that is something to look forward to, to hang on to, and to cling to. Now I want to turn our attention to Revelation chapter 6. And we have in this opening chapter in Revelation 6, four horses, the four horses of the apocalypse. And I want to do a deeper dive on the very first horse that appears on the scene. Let's just read it. 
As I, John, watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll, and then I heard one of the four living beings say with a loud voice like thunder, Come! I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. Okay, so this first horse, he's wearing a crown, he has a bow, but um, no arrows. Okay, so what could this be? I'm not the only one that's noticed this. There have been other voices and other teachers who've brought this out. But is it possible that this white horse with a crown, that this is the coronavirus that was manufactured in the Wuhan lab and then released intentionally and purposefully upon the earth? And now this horse is going out conquering all nations of the earth. Corona means crown. And also, that word bow, its writer carried a bow. And that word bow, in the Greek, is toxin. And of course, the spike protein of this coronavirus is what causes all of the health damage. It rotorooters inside the blood vessels and causes micro-tears, causes inflammation, it causes micro-bleeding, causes myocarditis, enlargement of the heart can cause heart attack and stroke, all kinds of heart problems. And phase two of this bioweapon release is, you know, we see that this horse has a bow but no arrows. Well, phase two, where are the arrows? Phase two is the, quote, vaccination, but it's not a vaccine, it's a bioweapon. The bioweapon is being injected through needles, poison-tipped arrows, needles. And so far in the VAERS reporting system, more than 30,000 people in the United States alone have died. And this is probably much underreported. It's probably eight times higher than that number. So it's very possible that this first horse is the release of the coronavirus. The second horse is the red horse, and um, it has a mighty sword, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. I don't know that we've actually seen that happen yet uh, in a large, grand-scale way, a global manner. But the third horse, the third seal, we see a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales, and I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. We're not there yet, but we sure are moving in that direction. Global inflation, particularly for food and for gasoline, is up quite a bit in the double digits. And it's very expensive now to buy just the basic items needed for life. Um, inflation is really putting a big crimp on people's budget. So we are in the season. So be hopeful. The Lord is going to come back and he's going to gather in his exiles, his remnant people. 
and there will be a day when we will get to go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God's, of Jacob's God, and there he's going to teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, and his word will go out from Jerusalem. And the Lord will mediate between the peoples and settle disputes between strong nations. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war any more. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees. For there will be nothing to fear. I look forward to that day. Shalom. Have a blessed day. Yevrekadonai Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.